presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Hello everyone and welcome to the Bardic College presents Hellfire Nights. I'm Raz, and I will be your storyteller for this evening. And I'm joined by some incredibly talented people. Um, and I'd like to go around the table real quick and introduce them. Uh, playing Evelyn Wolf uh, is Lauren. Lauren, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit real quick about Evelyn? So Evelyn Wolf is our lone La Sombra in a sea of Camarilla in London. Uh, she is a true feminist of her time. She's an industry tycoon and just a badass bitch. If I do, if I, if I do say so myself. And uh, I'm sure that's going to come to play very soon. I, I hope bitchery. so too. Yes, absolutely. It's always fun. And next to her is Kayla and Kayla's playing Christina Sumner house favorite of mine, because it's uh, one of the clans that I adore, but Kayla, tell us a little bit about Christina, please. Well, thank you, Keeper, for saying that about our dear clan, Tremere. Uh, Christina is a is still an apprentice, but that has not stopped her from becoming a well-respected magi in the clan Tremere hierarchy. And she is also a writer, which is why the prince has honored her with writing the story of Hellfire of the Hellfire Club's ending. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, an apprentice only in name by uh, some. BS that your father is pulling your sire, but we're gonna get we'll get into that in a little bit. Yep. So <laughs> technically, you are you are a magi, um, playing a ghoul this evening, uh, and a favorite of mine from <laughs> what we've met from him last time is uh, Mike, and Mike is playing Doctor Horatio Jackal. Um, Mike, Doctor Jackal, lot to know. What, do we, what what can you tell us so far? Uh, well, Doctor Jackal is a ghoul, uh, an unknowing ghoul. He was somewhat tricked uh, into drinking the blood of his, uh, I guess you would call our sire, who is a Malkavian. Uh, he he just thinks that he's madly, deeply in love with this woman that he thinks is like almost half his age. Um, and he has a lot of side hobbies that I think we're probably going to get into sooner or later. Uh, he is still more or less oblivious to the whole vampires being a thing, despite what he's seen so far. He thinks that his... Uh, beloved uh, friends and family are just into some really weird stuff. Which in the Victorian era was pretty hard to top. I mean, there was a lot of weird things going on. So uh, between the uh, mysticisms and the secret societies and everything and corpse photography. So yeah, this fits right into all that. It's uh, it's a strange time for sure. Um, Melinda is there. Melinda is playing Simona Della Torre. Uh, not an actual vampire originating from London, but tell us a little bit about Simona and why she's here now, Mel. So my dear Simona has been traveling the world for the better part of 300 years. Um, she is originally from Italy, Florence, Italy, and she got her start in French court under uh, family friend Catherine de' Medici as a lady-in-waiting. And after she found her sire and was embraced. She has been since traveling the globe with him, learning how to paint and behind works of art all over the continent. So we'll see, um, we'll see what's going on with her this episode. 
she's a little bit concerned about the poem that we stumbled upon and what yeah, that could a, mean. As a Toreador, I can imagine she is. And our other Toreador, quite different uh, than our than Simone, Lady Simona Della Torre is Ashenbrenner, played by Paul. Uh, excited to have you back, Paul. Thanks. And tell us a little bit about Ashenbrenner. Um, he's, he's, he's kind of over it. He's over the politics and he's over what, what these Philistines define as art. Take some, you take some fabric and you put some pigment on it and look, I've made art. That's, that's whatever. That's a picture of a picture of a picture of a meal. It's not the same as sinking your teeth into something and feeling the juices run down your face. So Ashenbrenner would always much rather feel the juices on his face and maybe get some juice on him as opposed to, you know, talk about how delicious this meal might smell in a letter to somebody. Excellent. And we're going to pick up tonight um, where we left off for our last episode. If you had joined us then, if this is your first, welcome. Uh, the team had been notified by the prince that the debaucherous Hellfire Club is finally coming to an end. It is time to for vampires to slink deeper into the shadows. Uh, some kindred agree, some do not, but Kiernan Fraser is a very serious prince, and he's made his edict. The Council of Primogen have agreed, and this will be the final year for the Hellfire Club to be in existence, and there's a grand party that's going to kick off in October to close the doors of that place once and for all. The clan that was chosen to sponsor, to host the party is Clan Malkavian, much to the chagrin of the Toreadors, which was right up their alley. They already had colors for fabric picked out and the whole bit. Cur <laughs> special curtains, uh, throw pillows, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. But uh, the Malkavs have got it, and they are already super excited and busy planning out events. And the team has been dispatched to look into a... One of the primogen who's gone missing, a Nosferatu named Bartholomew. That's where most of our team is, but we do find a lone solitary figure making his way across, well, not the moors, but across the city of London, <laughs> heading for a church, and that would be Ashenbrenner. So you've, you head, make your way there, Ash, uh, and it takes about another 40 minutes from the cemetery, and you finally arrive outside the gates the rectory is connected to the back of the church. You know, it's it shares a common ground. And inside the rectory tonight, you're fairly certain that you will find Maurice Balterstrad. Um, now, did you want to bring him into the church? What is your normal way of approaching greeting Maurice? Normally, I would like to take a look at uh, take a look at his aura, so I could get kind of a, a sense of how he's feeling. You know, if I catch him in the midst of, you know, having a tipple and maybe feeling a little bit guilty, that would depend, you know, that would determine who I approach him as. Um, if he's, you know, studying holy texts, I would approach him differently. So I guess that depends. What do I, what okay. do I see when I peek in on him? Yep. You make your way to the windows of the rectory and um, he is just sitting in front of the fire uh, he does have a bev uh, some sort of a drink in his hand. Uh, looks like a brandy snifter. Um, and he seems pensive. His eyes are distant. He's He looks forlorn and, and sad at this point. Something something is eating at him. Something is bothering him. And that's the, mm. uh, the auras that you get off of him, the colors that you see. Okay. 
Okay, in that case, I think I'm going to, uh, to don the, the guise of uh, Fanuel, who is from the Book of Enoch. He is uh, he, it, it's an angel. So I'm going to put on my, uh, my bone white mask that covers most of my face and sort of, you know, get, get into that and, uh, and I guess work some, uh, some disciplines on him if I need to. Okay. Do you, is it a front door entrance? Do you climb one of the ivy um, trellises outside and make your way down like the stairs to catch him unaware inside? How do you approach the house? Do you go next door, break into the church and start playing the pipe organ until he hears it and <laughs> comes in running? What's your normal, <laughs> <laughs> what's your normal uh, way of luring him to you? As, as Fenuel, I, I kind of like to make it a little softer. Okay. Um, so, so I think I would, uh, I would come in and, and perhaps, um, well, first off, I would, I would, I would enter the church and, and, you know, get all of the candles taken care of because we don't want him getting too clear of a, of a look at me. And I do like the idea actually of, um, you know, playing some gentle notes on the pipe organ, something, you know, something, something just, just moving and beautiful that, you know, softly at first and louder. So he hears it gradually okay so you dim most of the candles are already out uh for the evening there's a couple that are perpetually lit for prayer um but yeah the 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 actual body of the church is pretty much dark at this time of night however he is still awake so that's a good thing you do don your mask do everything you were looking to do get yourself garbed the way you want and you start playing the music just a simple several set of notes repetitive and then building in in into a crescendo and sure enough he stumbles his way in through a side entrance near the sanctuary which would be one of the exits for the uh the faithful uh towards the front where the pews are and um he stumbles in and he's like i knew you would come tonight i just had a feeling you would come and he still has his drink in his hand as he enters the church. And he plops himself down in the pew in the front and uh, looks back over his shoulder to where the organ is and sees you sitting there and just kind of bows his head down. Beautiful. I'd like, I'd like to use um, some presence. I'd like to really hit him with the awe and just, you know, he's, he's, he's seeing one of God's children. This is, you know... This is something for him. Like this never gets old for him. This is no, proof not. positive. Yeah. No, yeah. This is um, and all the more reason that. W so when you hit him with it, you see him look up and tears are in his eyes. Um, his hand is shaking and he says, why do you come to me? Knowing I'm not worthy. Why do you appear? Oh, Maurice. Maurice, my dear son. Blessed child our lord and savior i come tonight with heavy intent i'm gonna gently sort of ease the glass out of his hand and, and give him just the slightest chiding you know mother doesn't quite approve but mother understands right Look. yeah he lowers his eyes for a minute and then looks back up and says the burden is so heavy all the thing all of this it's so heavy Yes, yes, I know, my son, my child, my suckling babe. 
Tell me, tell me truly, what do you know of the rabbi, Kevi Brankowitz? And know that the sooner you tell me all your truth, the sooner I will leave your spirit cleansed. Tevi, why do you, why, what do you care for a Jew? I, why would you come Maurice, Maurice, it is not wise to ask questions of our ineffable Lord. I'm sorry. I know. He does terrible, he's done terrible things, things that, things of the old ways, rumors, only no rumors. Why do you ask these things of me? Oh, to help you unburden yourself, Maurice. Unburden yourself. Drop these horrid secrets from your soiled mind. Let me help you, my child. They, they claim that he, he harbors, that he harbors children, children of, with powers, and that he's. He uses the Kabbalah, the, the old magics, to to hide them and steal them away from from their families. It's all, but that's all I know of him. I, I I have so many others I could tell you about though. I I, I, I could tell you about, about Henry Parsons, the young boy who what, who's only able to sustain himself on the clippings of fingernails. I, I could tell you about Miranda Swinnings who who once a month goes out as a hay penny prostitute, leaving her family behind and working for eight hours at the docks. I could tell you so many things, so many terrible things. Yes, yes, I know, Maurice. I know you can. I'm only interested in Kevy right now. Where, where, my son, do you hear he's taken these poor children? I, I don't have an answer. I don't know that. I only, I only know what, the talk at, the publican houses and, that in Whitechapel, not, not far from the Jewish ghetto, is, is the place where he has his home. Um, uh, that 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 is truly all I do know. And he drops to his knees in front of you, and he's he's looking for absolution. Like you can just see, he just wants the hand on the forehead. He's looking for the blessing. Um, of course yeah. yeah he's got he's your the aura that you're you're that you're reading off of him has intensified mm -hmm. whatever whatever he's trying to get out um you're 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 focused and that's good you're on tevi and, that, and that's what you're here for but you're definitely reading that he is just overwhelmed lately by this calling and the weight of you know all the little secrets and the little you know, infidelities and, and the twisted little tales that he hears from his parish. Of course, of course. What a, what a poor guy. And now, Maurice, because you helped me, um, burden yourself. And I'll just ever so gently lay my head on his forehead. He probably can't see me rolling my eyes. No, he can't. His head's bowed. Excellent. When, when you do that, you actually hear him give out a sigh of what 
you've heard many times through your life is when someone lets go of life um that last breath that that's the sigh he kind of gives not that he expires right then but that's the same weight that same pressure has been has been just pushed out by your touch and excellent i'm just i'm roiling in it that's <laughs> delicious and he just he whispers thank you in latin i respond no low in in latin which i think is is no low nothing nihil no nihil is nothing nihil pueram yeah nothing nothing it's nothing yeah. my son sure I, I forgot I forgot my conversational Latin from sixth grade. I apologize to this any is, and all listeners. <laughs> this is so unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, bye guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I expect professionalism in our Latin. <laughs> all right. So I mean, come on. It's not like it's a dead language or anything. <laughs> yeah, right. So well, actually, since he is probably of a, the uh, King James. Anglican with they wouldn't have accent. spoken at Latin and maybe the pig Latin, but yeah. <laughs> so this for you. Yeah. He he definitely, you know, now do you do you hit him with another presence to kind of withdraw and keep him kind of subdued and humbled? Um what are you trying to are you, are you is this where you would make your you know, your exit at this point or are you looking to do something else? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would hit him with one more, one more whammy, and then, um, yeah, and then I, I might ask him. Uh, so I got all the, I got the information about um, uh, Miss Swinnings and her, her haypenny um, boredom. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably just hit him with one more, just blast of it, and then while he's reeling, might use a little, little quickness and get the heck out of there to give oh. the, to give the appearance of I was never there at all. Right. Okay, as you as you shut the door away, you know, off the front, and you just put it back in place, you can't help but hear, No! No! Don't leave me like this! And he just weeps uncontrollably inside the, the church at the front of the, of the, uh, near the sanctuary, not far from, you know, where his pulpit would be, um, and these, you, go ahead. Are these doors are, are these doors thick enough to like muffle a, a a chuckle? Oh yeah. Oh god yeah. Okay, good. I'm chortling. I'm oh. actually chortling like I just heard uh, like I'm just uh, a barber that's just heard a. Uh, All right, nasty one. Just right, chuckling. The yeah. best limerick you ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly about the bishop <laughs> from Birmingham. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and you pass as you're getting ready you know to actually leave the the confines of this of, of the land of the ch the church itself there's one you know stained glass window that's slightly open you see him totally collapsed on the floor just fetal kind of down and and crying the glass is still sitting on the pew where you left it when you took it from his hand and <clears throat> it's going to be a long night he's probably not going to get much sleep uh but at least he'll have a good cry and feel somewhat better in the morning hopefully uh, Excellent. I'll yeah. see what I can do about uh, reversing that process at some point. <laughs> you mean the sleep or the feeling good? <laughs> well, the feeling good. I this guy. I want him on a consistent roller coaster. I will never. I, I'll never appear as the angel more than you know once 
in a row. Yeah. It's, he's a yo-yo. He's my fleshy Anglican yo-yo, and it is just delightful. Well, I'm, we aim to please. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. All right. Ashenbrenner is pleased. Yeah. So I'm chuckling, and I guess, um, uh, yeah, I guess I will uh, head over to this uh, this Tevi's place to maybe meet up with everybody. Or depending on what time it is, I might uh, retreat to my, uh, my, my workspace. Yeah, it's probably. It evening. Yeah, for you, it's a little bit later. Um, it's because you had to walk to the <clears throat> to the ch- to church itself. Plus, some yeah. of this took some time. So we'll say it's probably, you know, two a.m., two fifteen, somewhere around there. Okay, you know what? I've gotten the the let's call it a commission from Mitzi, so I should probably get to work then. All right, I I will head back to my my workspace. Okay. Um. Yeah. All right. So you you withdraw back to there. Uh, we'll go back to the team now. This your group is a little. It's uh, right after midnight, I believe. It's like twelve thirty or so when this all started to go down because you had arrived at Tevi's house a little bit late, but they still came down to greet you. Four of you had just heard the poem, or read the poem rather, that was left by Bartholomew in Tevi's care. He's also been ranting, if you remember, about he seems to almost understand that you are bringing in additional kindred into the city and he's a human how this how whether bartholomew gave him this information or the prince gave it to him or he scried it somehow but as a group you know you're looking at each other like hmm i mean that's an awful that's a pretty big announcement that just happened so somebody this guy's ahead of the curve how does he even know this as a human? So that's all running through your heads. <clears throat> but he's still sitting there, and you've read the message, and he's like, so what are we going to do? How do we stop? I am not going to sit here and allow my people to be to be just chattel for you and your kind. That's not going to happen. No, R- Rabbi, I, I, I do believe that any uh, standing agreements that you might have with the prince and uh, the assorted people under him would, of course, extend to any of their uh, guests for the upcoming festivities, which... Frankly, I'd, I'd like to discuss with you how you heard about them, since we only learned about them ourselves uh, two hours ago, I would say. Uh, you are a well-informed man, sir. I... The doctor makes an excellent point. I am I am old friends. I have been in this community for 20 years, and I'm old friends with Bartholomew. I, I knew him when my father was in charge. When my father came from the old country, he spoke of him. So... I have my connections and I have favors and friends, but you cannot expect us to to endure another another feeding frenzy like the one from that my forefathers endured. This is not going to happen. No, no. I want assurances, or else I will take measures to protect my people. We're not going to have another bloodbath in the streets of my district. This will not. I will not allow it. No. Do I know what he's talking about? You've been a Londoner for a long Entire time. Entire life. Yeah, there's... Uh, throughout history, there's been moments when, you know, the Jewish quarter has burned, uh, gone under attack, and a lot of times, vampires have used that as an excuse to go out and cull the, you know, the herd, so to speak. Sometimes they've even raised humans against them just to go out and cause destruction and mayhem and chaos so that they could take slaves, ghouls, feed, 
you know, put people in boxes, whatever they were doing. So the, the, unfortunately, as a people, they've been persecuted all throughout Europe. That's just, so he's just talking about the last time there was some sort of a purge throughout the, the Jewish quarter. Uh, he may not even be referring to London. He's just talking okay. about, you know, I'm not going to let this happen again. Well, if, if we're talking about something that happened when your father was in charge, well, this is a completely different era, sir. This is Queen Victoria's era, the Age of Enlightenment. And we are not savage barbarians, sir. There's, uh, when a gentleman gives you his word on something, by golly, that means something. Huh. That means nothing if paper burns. Words or lies. I know this. You know you. You are an intelligent man. It appears, Doctor Jackal, a learned man. How could you say such things, knowing the history of of especially this country, a country that welcomes us and then persecutes us on the same time? Ah, uh, please, Jabrankowitz. We're not here to discuss the most excellent subject of theology, politics, what have you. We're more concerned with the whereabouts of Bartholomew, and I'm sure I speak for everyone, the prince included, when I can assure you that, as Dr. Jackal said, any agreement that you've had with him will continue. Your people are under no danger from us, even if there, for a short time, may be several more of us in the area. And again, how did you come by this information? But I told you, Bartholomew gave it to me. What is your name, young lady, again? You may call me Mistress Wolf. Mistress Wolf, you're willing to put your life on this matter? You're willing to give me your word? Are you willing to put your where your money and your coins where your mouth is? Because here, I will, I will, sh I will tell you. If you're so sure that my people are safe and you are a representative of the prince, then here, he brings out a small surgical kit like a lancet and a vial and puts it on the table and opens it. He goes, leave me some of your blood, if you're so sure. Mr. Brankowitz, I'm not going to do that. Ah, see? This is what I'm afraid of. This because is what I Because paper burns and words are made of lies, as you've said yourself not 30 seconds ago. I'm not going to do that. Hmm. Well, Mistress Wolf, then I have to do what I have to do, and you can tell Frasier that my, directly from me. Hmm. My good sir, none of us are representatives of any of the clans. We are members, of course, and we do have some sway, but we cannot promise anything because we do not have the power to control the clans in any way. We are not Primogen, and we are certainly not the prince. If you want to speak with him, perhaps we can arrange something, and therefore we do not have to have this issue escalate even further. Then why are you here if you're not speaking for him? You're here looking for one of his own, for one of his one of his men, one of these primogens. That is all we've been asked to do. We have not been asked to negotiate a peace between you. The I do not know. The peace is already there. I'm saying well, I'm concerned that it's going to get broken. continuation of the peace. Well. I've said all that I can say. You're not willing to give me any promises. You're not making any additional assurances. Then I don't know where Bartholomew is, and you're free to go. I turn to the rest of the of the room. Clearly, I'm not getting through to him. Does anyone else have something to say? Um, we're, we're, we're getting nowhere, clearly. 
I, I don't I don't want to leave on bad terms with the guy. It's an obstinate going... child. We've woken from his bed, clearly. Yes. Oh, I'm not I'm not speaking in character right now. So. Yeah, understood. Uh, uh, so although so, I have a feeling I, Evelyn, I have a feeling Evelyn Wolf was. Yes. So that, that's why oh, I pointed yeah. that out. Um Yes well Rabbi Tevi, I uh, I do apologize for waking you at this late hour and well if you are ever in need of medical services, please uh, feel free to either come yourself or send any of your uh followers, I believe is what you prefer them refer to them as, uh, please feel free to send them to my offices in Cambridge, and I will give them a most generous discount. Ah, I, I, for that I thank you, Dr. Jekyll. That's very nice of you. Thank you. I, and, it's, uh, always good to make, it's always good to make a friend. Absolutely, and uh, I do hope that is what you consider us as we leave, which is friends, because we do mean you no harm. Mm. The Absolutely. only time will tell. And then, unless there is anything else, ladies, I, I believe we should let this uh, gentleman and his family get back to their uh, evening's rest. Yes, let's. I've no desire to remain. She gets a box out. Simona, anything from you? No, not that I can think of. I don't really know how to go about talking with him. You know, she already feels like she's on pretty thin ice after reading that, uh, that poem that Bartholomew left behind. So she's just been kind of distracted and thinking about it just trying to make sense of it and she's not so she also gets up nods towards Tevi and walks out okay that leaves you Christina are you still sitting or are you getting up I after Lynn's dramatic exit I give a polite bow of the head and a curtsy to the gentleman and I say have a good rest of your evening and follow the others out Okay, as you, as you're walking, they're all heading out into they're into the foyer. Uh, you you hear him mumble, Kayla. Um, give me a perception roll. Uh, perception is three and one second. They're d tens. Tens. And you're looking for sixes or better. Right. And again, this would be a, as long as you have a three, you only need one success, so you're fine. You don't even have to roll it then. So that, okay, yep, so that's just a free roll. Okay, so your perceptions okay. are three. You needed one success. You're fine. You hear him in Latin say, okay. "There is power in blood." Do you stop? Do you turn? I do, and I kind of give him a look and a, and it. I just give him this look of a soft smirk and a, knowing like, yes, there is. <laughs> You see, and... he takes a he takes a knife, a letter opener, and flicks it on his palm. Holds it, closes his fist, and the fire dances in the fireplace. And he says, "I will defend my people," and then brushes it away on his mouth. But you see the flames just billow and flare for a few moments, and then go down. Christina, she respects the power of this man and goes understood and so shall we and makes an exit okay so you, it's one of those sliding uh the, the doors that kind of come together through you know they they were recess into the, the the walls you know they slide back into place and you're shown out by the sun you're on the front steps 
Uh, Evelyn is already standing there. Simone is there. Evelyn, Evelyn is slapping the cane into her hand, desperately dreaming of beating Tevi probably with it. Uh, oh, Dr. hell yeah! Dr. It's Chackles one of her greatest. It is one of her greatest joys. Is slapping rabbis with a cane? Everyone doesn't oh matter who. God. Oh, good. Let's just clear it's that Victorian up. England. <laughs> yeah, this is this is England. <laughs> That's perfectly. Acceptable. I don't discriminate. Okay, anybody so, below her station is up for a cane whapping. I beat everyone equally. A sweet slapping with the cane. Um, you so go. your your carriage is still there waiting. Uh, your handsome is there. Uh, is there so now? You do know. Uh, remember, Christina, you were informed that Clan Tremere they gave you a vision of Bartholomew's lair. It is mm -hmm. getting a little bit late, uh, but you could try to do that tonight if you wanted to bring everybody with you, or you could everyone part for the night, put out your human feelers for the day to see if anybody comes up with anything odd or strange. However you want to approach it, but what would you like to do? Do you want to check the Haven out tonight or try to do that tomorrow when you're all together? I kind of want I kind of want to do it tomorrow, but I want to send I have some I have a retainer who could possibly like do a little bit of scouting beforehand just to see what's up in that area. So maybe okay. tomorrow. Alright, so And he can do it during the day, so Yeah. Everybody can discuss is everybody okay waiting on going towards uh the sewers as that way i haven't made... told them we don't know about them. oh you haven't visit. i'm sorry i forgot that you hadn't said that to them so in the carriage ride you yep. now have this going on or however you want to approach it okay otherwise evelyn where are you giving your gentleman instructions to drive to um whoever's uh home is nearest will go there first and then accordingly and um uh i'll be dropped off last we can go to my manor Simona's Manor. Is it close to the Jewish Quarter, darling? Not sure. So Whitechapel <laughs> is in what on the map that you see of the Greater London area. Whitechapel is in what's called uh, the City of London itself. Any districts around it, that's fine. Uh, probably Jack Horatio Jackal uh, is in Cambridge. He's probably the closest at this point, and then we would go from there if that's if that works. And then at some point we can tie down exactly if you guys are outside the city limits or not. Okay. Is that okay with everybody? We'll go to we'll drop off Absolutely. the doctor. We'll drop off Horatio. Yep. Okay. So the carriage makes its way. It's riding along, no problem. It is getting later now. It's probably a little after one thirty. Not late for vampires, obviously, but for the doctor. Everybody, go ahead and make me a perception check because this one's going to require more than one success. Okay. So a three. I got ten, one okay. success. Yep. I got two successes, one of them critical. Um, I got a critical success and a critical failure and a failure. So you, yeah, you have nothing. All right. So anybody who had two. Um, I had a five, a four, and a seven. You need sixes or better. Okay. Sixes oh, or I, higher. I, I had one success then. Yep. One so success. anyone with two, that's fine. Just for that one, we needed to roll because it was a little bit of a harder uh, perception check. The carriage jolts uh, fairly violently at one point, but the road you're on is in decent shape. Like, you feel this, like you hit something. Okay. Um, and the carriages are on what is like a an accordion spring, right? They're, they're built mm -hmm. where it, it absorbs some of the impact for the riders inside. But you actually, you, you hear the, ha the, the, the handsome 
pull in on the reins really and you're like, whoa whoa there and uh he jumps down and comes over to the door and he's like sorry my lady i think we struck something i'll just a moment i open the door on the side where he's standing and i kind of like look out it's my carriage it's important yeah no i mean the ca- carriage appears fine um he looks around mm-hmm. he walks back about 10 or 15 feet uh there is a little bit of a fog that's rolling in uh it's been there you know most of the evening it's it's london mm-hmm. it starts to happen we're coming off the thames and uh does anybody else get out is anybody else looking or anyone just letting evelyn handle it since it's her, oh, her carriage as soon as as soon as evelyn gets out horatio would get out as well it would be unbecoming to do otherwise sure uh all right so horatio gets out uh simona also is she's not getting out but she's kind of leaning out of the door um and just holding on to it and just kind of looking out to see if she can see anything okay christina you're just paying attention or looking out um, the other side there's two doors on a car- I'm, looking on a out, I'm looking out the other side and uh can i use auspex my one auspex to kind of sense if anything's amiss heightened senses yeah okay yes i'll do that as well all right so yeah with heightened senses you're listening you're you're trying to pick up any other noises any other thing you hear a boat on way down on the river um some bells going off there's there is people mulling about but not a not a great amount of people nothing picks up into your ear any differently the carriage driver comes walking back he's gone down about 30 or 40 feet down the street and he comes back and he says i see nothing man nothing at all odd i start looking at the the wheels is there anything on the wheels the underside of the carriage nope nothing on the wheels okay but you do now that you're investigating the outside of the carriage uh and dr horatio's standing near you and everything there is a place on the back uh where people can a carriageman can stand or someone mm-hmm. can sit. It's it's definitely looks like someone's been there. Like it was up before you remember, and that ledge okay. had gone down. So what you may have had was a passenger who jumped off or something. That may have been the weight shift you feel or felt. Uh the carriage seems to have been hmm. yeah, they, that that uh, we'll call it a drop plate or whatever you want. I mean there's I'm sure there's an official name for it on a carriage, but there's a a ledge that people can remember in um, Love and Death when he's sitting on the back of the carriage as they ride away. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Someone was it. It normally fl- can be flapped up. Uh, this time it was down, and it wasn't it's that down. way when you normally normally when it's riding, it's usually up. Yeah. Someone joined us for a ride. It appears so. That's quite rude. Rude indeed. Vagabond, no doubt. Yes, yes. How did your man not notice a stowaway on the back? of a carriage yes um sh- shall we give the carriageman a name go ahead jarvis roger roger oh Jar- roger, roger jarvis perfect <laughs> roger, Jar- <laughs> roger jarvis <laughs> um roger we've had a stowaway how did you not notice this i have a, I, I pay you to mind this carriage there was ma'am i i assure you i mean i i, I saw no one there there was he he drives from the front, so yeah, yeah. He he says I I, I had no idea. Um, I, I'm sorry. So before, so before the 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 lady who employs you and her esteemed guests entered 
the carriage. You didn't check about the possibility that we might have a vagabond, a vagrant, a dangerous individual sitting on the back of the carriage. Is this what you're telling me? I'm saying, ma'am, that while while I was parked, I I I didn't feel the the carriage. I, I I'm sorry. I, I who would do that with people coming in and out? I I I never checked. Hmm. Well, Evelyn, perhaps it was somebody who is skilled at not being seen, somebody who is skilled at getting by undetected, somebody whose current primogen is missing. Maybe well, that's Nosferatu who is inquiring after Bartholomew's whereabouts and knew that we were going, so maybe they were tagging along to see if they could find something else. Very fair. You paint a lovely picture, my Toreador friend. It's still unacceptable. If your theory, which has been plucked from thin air, is correct, that is two people now who have been sent to check in on, on an affair of mine. To observe, to monitor. I'd like this looked into. I'll do it myself. Everyone, please. She motions back to everyone to get in the carriage. Simona knows there's no point in arguing with Evelyn. They've known each other for a few decades now, so she just inclines her head and just steps back into the carriage. Okay. And the carriage trots its way up the street and goes out and starts heading to to take Horatio Jackal back uh, to his apartments by Cambridge. Ashenbrenner, we go back to you for a moment. So you're able to make your way to your workshop. Okay. What do you, what do you, now that you have a commission, have you been working on anything else at this point? Has, is, is it been a, a period where you've just been reflecting and sketching or is this bigger? Uh, what, where currently is uh, Ashenbrenner's projects at as we start this? Currently, what I've been toying with is um, material. I was kind of holding in my hand and clicking around and that I handed to Mitzi. Um, It's basically sort of a combination of resins and shellac and uh, and dyes. Um, Something that I would potentially paint onto a subject and sort of uh, seal them up inside of it, like in in the um, you know, in, in Goldfinger, that uh, that actress who died from skin suffocation. Basically, that um, it is really not a great way to go for a living person. Um, but I find that it 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 captures truth in the subjects, um, and so I've just recently sort of nearly perfected that and so I've been sort of playing around with that so around the workspace is you know scattered uh you know aisles and vats and you know things simmering and bubbling and you know different uh, different attempts and and you know um beakers full of these things and maybe some uh some discarded you know a note here or there and and maybe some people Maybe they're bound and gagged and, and, you know, not happy where they are. But, you know, art is suffering. Someone is going to suffer for art, and it might as well be them. Um, so, yeah, sketches. We'll call them sketches. I yeah. have a couple sketches. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so know, that's all. Yeah. Yep, that's all working and going. And, you know, you, you go about feeding the sketches. 
you have to keep yeah. them alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no one wants to see a dead person covered in shellac and tar. Right. What, is, what good is that going to do? Um, yeah, what kind of museum is this? This is no truth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you go ahead and you take care of your nightly obligations of uh, working with the projects that you're working on and keeping them keeping them at least in uh, enough or fairly rosy of cheek and uh, good health so that they're able to one day be turned into the great masterpieces that they deserve. The rest of the team gets brought back to their respective lairs and homes. That we're gonna, Evelyn, you're the last one to arrive at your house uh, to the yes. brownstones mm -hmm. or the... Kind of like a brownstone, oh, brownstone like a nice right, right. several level house. I own the whole building. Yep. Yep. Um, and I live on all the floors. The ground floor is just for conducting business, lots of parlors, that type of thing. Gotcha. So you go ahead and make your way in. Everything appears to be fine. There's several letters that have been, you know, that you disregarded earlier when you left sitting on a small silver tray by the front door uh, after you shut it. And it's just business letters that you can attend to later on. It's only about 2.30 by the time you've dropped everyone off and made your rounds back. Most of your servants are in mm -hmm. bed or whatever. You have the time to yourself. So you go into your office and you're going through uh, some of your letters and things. And you recognize that one envelope has been opened. The seal is, there's no, this has no wax seal. It's a more modern style envelope, you know, where it had some sort of a closure, but it doesn't have like a stamp seal on it, a wax seal. But the envelope has been tampered with. That's just great. Good. Fabulous. Um, before I go and start beating the servants, um, I'm sure I didn't open it. You're sure. Okay. And which I open the letter and read it. Okay. It's about it's from Paris. Uh it was just a communique. Um that one of your ships, the Galatross is expected to do uh, into port, you know, in the next 48 hours. They did have uh, another ship that sighted them that was a head, you know, that passed them and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And uh, it'll be bringing over valuable supplies and some other things that you've been transporting per people. So the Galatross is, is almost to La Harve. La Harve. It's going to be in La Harve. Okay. In the next couple of days, and that um, they'll wire you as soon as you know it has arrived. But so far, the the information from the captain, everything seems to be okay, and they're on schedule. But somebody Excellent. definitely was looking at that ship's information that had been wired Who, to. Am I bringing any one on that in to Laharve on that ship? You could be bringing someone over from La, from Paris, possibly on that ship. Okay, but a right return now, person. No, well. Or someone coming from, from France, but right now there's yeah. no one in that ship. Okay. And supplies off the top of my head, can I go through records or I can I can have my ghoul do this in the morning. Yeah. But I wanna know which clans are these supplies going to? Can I locate specific individuals? Are we bringing people back? Mm -hmm. In which okay. case, who? I wanna know everything. I can give this as a task to Janet. She's great. My ghoul. I'll do okay. it in the morning. But All right. So Simona, I, I make sure to like not that this is gonna stop a Nosferatu or someone else nefarious who really wants to get in my house, but 
I've only been a vampire these past 80, 90 years. I do go. I walk through my entire house. I'm checking doors. I'm checking windows. This whole evening has made me feel incredibly judged, um, as if under a microscope. Mm -hmm. And she's not someone who enjoys being perceived as much as people would think she does. Okay. She would much rather sit at the edge of your awareness, but the idea that her name has come up time and again, and now she's being looked at, potentially people breaking into her house, following her in her carriage, she's not happy. I would imagine not, for someone who's fairly private. Yes. You have mostly portraits in your home. Yes. Uh, Is there any glass or anything in the doors? Is there any... Do, do you keep any mirrors for people that aren't of the Lasombra clan? I mean, do you are are you basically no. no? So there's really no reflective surfaces. There, no. I write it off as Irish superstition, but understood. Yep. She she keeps no glassware in the house. Okay. All right. No. Well, you have to have like some glassware for eating and drinking, right? You have crystal. We use and... goblets. We use <laughs> goblets. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. We're shlanky like that. Glass offends me. It's shiny. Simona, you head back. You get back. You're, you were dropped off right after Dr. Jackal. Your sire is is there. He does tell you that he, when you come in, he's like, Simona. Oh, great news, my child. Great news. Uh, it, it seems that I've been able to put a bid in on another one of your works. I'm I'm so excited to hopefully get it back. It's that wonderful landscape that you did from the northern part of Italy. I I, I forget its name, but it, it it so moved me when you painted it that from uh, if we could just this this will be a fine fine addition to our collection. Well, if it's the one that I'm thinking of with all the wildflowers, I think that'll make a wonderful addition to the downstairs to the downstairs parlor, so That'll look wonderful. Thank you for putting in a bid. I I hope we're able to return it home. Curse myself for painting so much over the years and not bothering to keep most of it. I wish I kept more. Well, it paid for our way through Europe when when we needed to keep moving. It was it was a need, it was a necessity, but now we have the time and the resources to gather them back. So what did you think of the meeting? It seems like, once again, we are we are on the outs with the prince. Well, it doesn't help that Fraser's stubborn. Probably the most stubborn person I've ever met. Well, maybe second most stubborn, and I kind of jabbed him a little bit. But I think that... I think our clan is in more trouble than we might think. Or there might be an even bigger target on our back soon and I tell him about um our visit to Tevi and I spare no detail he is the one person who I trust completely so I tell him everything and I read him the poem word for word and the, yeah he he go ahead you can read it to him that's fine yeah the poet and the painters make allowance for each other but the fading light will illuminate their nefarious deeds Bartholomew left that with Tevi before he disappeared. This is not going to look good, especially since Fraser already hates Clan Toreador as it is. I think this is just going to give him more fuel for his fire. Oh, God it, forbid. It points right at us. I mean, 
Elijah was a was a poet. Our clan is full of artists and painters and it doesn't look good, but it looks it sounds almost too good. Like what do you mean? Do you think it's a setup? Or do you think that he's trying to lead them towards an obvious answer? Maybe to distract from something else nefarious that's going on? You, you think Bartholomew left this to mislead someone? I don't know what to think. Not until we can find him and ask him what he meant by this, but it's the possibility. Before leaving the cemetery, I saw that you had had the meeting with several others. Who was at this meeting with you with Tevi? Well, it was Evelyn. Um, the La Sombra. I wish you wouldn't say it like that. Yes, the La Sombra. Evelyn's not as bad as you make her out to seem. She gives us plenty of money that funds this estate and our affairs. Not say what you will, but the girl loves a good portrait of herself. And she's willing to pay. We've, Double. We are kind of painted for the Borgias. That doesn't mean we have to like them. Evelyn's grown on me over the years. And but who else? I digress. A member of Clan Tremere that I just met today, Christina Sumner. She's... Have a you bath. You know of her? No, but I want you to go upstairs and have a bath as soon as you can. Bastian, you are so dramatic. You've always had a flair for the dramatics. Is that what they taught you when you were a knight? If what they taught me with, when I was a knight was you would take someone from that clan and burn them at the stake. That's excellent. And to round off this ragtag bunch of people who you hate that I associate, we were also with a ghoul who is shockingly not very up to date on vamp, on uh, our kind. I think that he thinks that we're just a bunch of traveling performers who are very into their craft. Um, Dr. Horatio Jackal. Do you know who's... Oh, and then Ashen Brenner was also going to be there, but he disappeared off to do God knows what in his studio or whatever he calls it. <laughs> Abattoir? That's a word for it. But it was... We got nowhere. Tevi was defensive, and well, you know Evelyn, she pushes. Dr. Jackal was trying to help, but I don't really think that he completely understood the situation. And I couldn't really think of anything to say that wasn't already being said, and I was thinking about the message that Bartholomew left, so. It does ring of, I mean, if only he had left a, a photograph of, of us, or the clan signet ring it would be the only thing that would have pointed to us even more so i see your point dear it it definitely does have a taste of perhaps i don't know we'll we'll look into it you've been tasked by fraser to find bartholomew or at least aid in it so hopefully after we dine this evening and refresh ourselves and get a good day's rest perhaps you'll be able to make some headway into this situation. Yes, I believe I'll be meeting with all of them again tomorrow, so we'll see how that search goes. But for now, I am very much looking forward to 
good night of rest and relaxation after news that we got today and the evening that I had. So well, excuse come. me. He says, yes, let's let us retire. I have some some notes to uh, send off and dispatches. So that would be most excellent. Dr. Jackal, when you were dropped off, did you uh, put your note to post? Uh, yeah, the, the post? as as soon as he gets in, he first actually takes out a map of London that he has and circles the Whitechapel district and writes down research material question mark. Um, but then he goes to his writing desk and he, he takes out a parchment to try and get his Thoughts from the evening down to, to send off to Agnes Sorel in Paris uh, with the Morning Post. And uh, he's going to write, uh, my, my dearest Miss Sorel, I hope that your days and nights have proven most agreeable in these long weeks since I have last basked in your presence. My work at Cambridge continues and I feel I may have made progress on that most fascinating endeavor you proposed before our last departing. Per your instruction... I have attended the gathering of your social acquaintances last evening. I must say, they have the most macabre sense of humor, which was most refreshing. Such fine acting I have not seen since that evening we went to the Moulin Rouge. The most pertinent news from the gathering is that their social club shall be closing in the month of October with your cousin Mitzi as hostess. She has requested your presence most enthusiastically. It would not be an exaggeration if I were to say that only I would rejoice more in your attendance. I shall wait with bated breath for your decision, either to attend, or, if you prefer, for me to join you again in Paris. Faithfully yours, Dr. Horatio Jackal. And then he'll put some powder on it for the ink to dry. It's big, flowy quill pen writing. And put some powder on it, maybe a little spritz of his cologne or something, and nice. decide to dry to uh, own the post in the morning. Whatever version of Dracar Noir was back then or something yeah. similar. <laughs> Axe body Hello spray. Hello Kitty stickers on it, I don't know. Yeah, you're a Malcalf. That's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, you get some sort of a bizarre you know, little picture of the quill. Uh, okay. Maybe instead of the cologne, just a little spritz of ether on it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah you get that set up for post so that's going to go out tomorrow that's fine and and is there anything else i mean you as a human you're probably already getting a little bit fatigued and tired from a day's work because you already have an, you have your other job where you're yeah he's he's definitely yawning by the time the letter is all prepped and his map has been marked out so just as he's going about his routine of uh getting getting ready for bed for the quote-unquote night uh, he's just gonna like kind of double check through his notes and whatever shorthand he uses to see if there are any um, groceries that the other Malcavs may have asked him to pick up in his day to day going abouts as a doctor, and uh, then call it a night. Okay. So the last one who has to bed in for the evening is Christina Sumner. Uh, Christina, you head back to the Chantry. Um, it is this set of brownstone homes that have been purchased there's like three of them together uh but they're they are attached but most people don't realize they've been broken through and passed through uh as you approach the middle door 
You own the one on the the clan also has control of the one on the left and the right. As you approach the door, uh, you simply wave your hand in front of the doorknob and it begins to click and it opens itself up. Uh, down the this dark hallway, uh, there is a staircase going up, but it's it appears that there's nothing there. There's no light to the staircase. You can see the first two or three steps, and then it becomes an inky blackness all the way up into the to the upper level of the of the house. But down the hallway, directly in front of you, is this misshapen gray. Um, this um just this creature that's sitting on its hind legs and it has these stunted wings that are all folded up like several times behind itself and as it's sitting there it it sniffs and goes Christina has arrived and the door shuts behind you and it's it's a gargoyle it's one of the guardians of the Chantry you know it as Rex uh, so as you approach it it says all fared well, madam. All fared well, yes. Indeed it did, Rex. Indeed it did. <laughs> All others are in attendance to this house this evening, miss. All but one. Your father is still away. What? He Re has not Why? yet returned. How come? Did he not send word? I am not told of that part, miss. I am only here to take count of the people and of those who are in attendance to the building. I do not know why your father is still out. Business must keep him away. They are upstairs, though, should you wish to ask. While he was telling her, like, I don't know that information, she was rolling his eyes like, yeah, yeah, like, gargoyles are stupid. And then when they came into question, she's like, oh, shit, starts fixing her clothes and like... Why didn't you lead with that? <laughs> a Chantry is a safe haven for any Tremere. It's larger. It's not just a haven. It's a work area. It's their lively. It's their life. It's their pub. It's what they do. It's where they, they spend most of their time. For they to be in attendance, they have their own private haven. But they're here at least several times a month. Uh, so, yes, it's a big deal. But it's not uncommon either for them to be in attendance. Christina fixes her outfit. Her, if there's a mirror, she fixes her hair. She likes they. Well, if she you're going to a to mirror, approve of her. Hold on, you're going to a mirror. Oh wait, sorry, mirror. I no, never mind. Can. I don't. I'm so. Oh, I can. No, no, don't worry. Don't. Uh, yeah, no. Lasombra cannot see themselves in mirrors. They're they don't like them. Tremere's are I thought love mirrors. No, no. Yeah, that's so, why I'm mirror. <laughs> yeah, so you approach a mirror and primp your hair, and when you do, you see they looking back at you. Oh, Ooh. great. Uh, I quickly turn around and I go, and I bow, don't say a word, just wait until they tell me I can speak. Come up, please. At once, uh, and she immediately scampers off. <laughs> okay, so you make your way to the bottom of the staircase, um, it is incredibly dark, but as you take the first step, you take you, you draw up your courage, you, you center and calm yourself, and suddenly the staircase is shimmering. It's got this soft glow that starts to climb uh, all the way up, and it just becomes this, you know, this radiance of light low, and you make your way up the stairs. 
and you when you hit the top there's this all there's you know apartments the walls like i said have been knocked through to the other to the left and to the right so there's different bedrooms and everything looks incredibly you know high-end gothic victorian furniture and just very a lot of reds and blacks and things but uh the door to the where they normally would be in residence is open and when you look back down the staircase you only see this top this top step and the one beneath it and then everything goes black you know for a fact that should anyone enter the blackness they would net they would not come out they would be lost in it so that is a defensive ritual that they use and others of the clan elders use so that no one can come upstairs unless they are summoned your father has a way of passing through it uh but you still don't unless you're invited up unfortunately that's the way the tremere works so you enter into the the parlor and the area where they are they are and sure enough they are sitting there and christina lovely to see you what did you hear from Tevi about Bartholomew. She doesn't take a seat yet. She kind of just stands there with almost out of weird form of attention, like arms behind her back and eyes slightly bowed. But she goes, Tevi claimed that he was friends with Bartholomew and there was a poem that Bartholomew gave him to give to anybody in regards to looking for him. And she recites the poem word for word from a little notepad she had been writing in it the entire time that's just how she keeps her memories all set so that she can write down the events of the day in her journal late in the evening so she tells they the poem so they stare back at you for a moment and what do you make of it do you honestly think it points to the toreador i am unsure it is quite a possibility. It is a very high possibility since their clan is full of poets and artisans of the like, but I did have another thought that crossed my mind, but I'm not sure if it's even worth mentioning. Your thoughts are our thoughts. Share, sister. Do I call them my primogen? Like, just my primogen? Like, is that a term of endearment? They. My father encouraged me to be a poet as well. There was a painter amongst us when we went to find Bartholomew, and Ashenbrenner is also a known artist. I do not know if we are connected in any way, but perhaps it is connected to the group that was designed to find Bartholomew from the various clans. I do, I do not know how much weight this theory should hold, though. It would be almost as if he could foresee a future. Bartholomew, I do not believe, has those gifts. Indeed, indeed, but he may have spoken to someone who could have predicted it. I, Again, I am not wise enough to say as to the nature of the poem as of yet. All I know is, is that it is a sign to the Toreador, but it could also relate to our party of people. I'm running out of words. That's fine. So she says, It has been a long evening, I'm sure, when you set out to deal with Evelyn Wolf. Please be sure to let us know, should her sire 
be made to come to this country for the party. It would mean so much to our clan to know that he is in England. I will endeavor to... I will endeavor to discover this information. Um, forgive me, I do not know his name. Your list will let us know, but keep an ear out. She will become excited, very excited to see him again, and so shall we. Then I will do my utmost to be on top of this, although I fear the La Sombra hatred for us will keep will make her keep secrets from me and she has she has little to no respect for me as as the apprentice that I am unfortunately she does not what is the word i'm looking for understand the purpose of my role i think she will try and keep secrets from me but i will do my best hmm should you require her our powers to aid you in divining the truth with Miss Wolf. By all means, speak only the word bone of lies, and we will provide one for you. Thank you for your understanding and your offer of assistance. Good night, my child. Sleep well. Bowserhead says the same. So that's where we'll close with that for the evening. Uh, tomorrow, um, we're going to see where this brings us with Bartholomew's lair. Uh, but we're gonna we'll close this episode up. We're getting into where things are starting to click. Everybody, it's gonna get really interesting, I'm sure. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Lauren playing Evelyn, Kayla as Christina, Mike as Horatio Jackal, Simona with as Melinda, our editor, and of course Paul as Craig Ashenbrenner. Uh, not just Ashenbrenner, <laughs> but uh, you've discovered my secret. <laughs> you have uncovered my secret. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll see you uh, next time on. Hellfire Nights. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Hellfire Nights. You can like, share, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. To help support our network of real play adventure shows, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. And for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to behind the scenes reels, interviews with players and storytellers, and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows.